This is the Danger Close Podcast. Beyond the Books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. My guest today is my friend, Mark Graney. Mark Graney is the author of a number of Gray Man novels, which we discuss on the podcast. He's also the author of Red Metal Over There with Rip Rawlings and the new book, Armored, right here, which introduces a new character to the Mark Graney universe. Awesome guy. His Grayman novel was also turned in to a movie this summer. It is out on Netflix now. It is awesome. So definitely check that out. Check out the books. And now, without further ado, Mark Graney. What's How up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> I think too. you're the, uh, I think I've had you on this podcast more than anybody else now. Yes, winner. <laughs> what are we going to talk? We we'll have to talk about something different. I know, I know. <laughs> People can go back and listen to the whole background and the other the other podcast. But uh, how's it going, man? Good to see it's you. Going great. Yeah, oh, I love your new setup. That is, uh, yeah. I want to walk around there and smell the wall. It's, come, it's really cool. Come on in. Come on out anytime. <laughs> it's uh, you know. So this is the third one I think that I've recorded from here. This is a recording week. So third one and. Yeah. Your third time doing it. So awesome. awesome. Yeah, Thanks man. For having me. Oh, dude, of course. And you're finishing up the next novel, right? Like you're doing edits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing edits on my 12th gray man right now. Well, thank you for right. taking time to do that. Cause I know my pleasure. edits and deadline, and then people are asking you to do things and it's like, I can't even return a text or an email. Cause I've got, like, it's, it's crazy. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I'll make sure that I look at the clock and uh, and get you out of here so you can get back to to edits. But um, 12th Gray Man, amazing. Uh, I want to ask you about the research trip that you just got finished uh, uh, doing or coming back from. But movie, Gray Man movie, Netflix. Awesome. How crazy. man. It's crazy. Uh, I I can't even remember the numbers, but like it's 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 done really well, you know. It's, it's one of those things the, the critics didn't love it. The viewers did. And uh, if you got to pick one, what are you going to pick? I'm, oh, yeah. I think, you, audience. I think you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely know the answer. You want your, your audience, your readership, your viewers. Um, but your, your, your critic score, I saw, I just jumped on real quick, is definitely higher than the Terminalist uh, score on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. But they're, they're right there, which is kind of cool because yeah, yeah. they're very similar. Yours is doing great. And, I, you know, just anecdote you know like obviously i saw it loved it but just anecdotally what everybody's saying is you know positive about yours so i mean that's got to look good for the future too yeah yeah we'll see you know it's uh it's one of those things like yours is already uh they announced already a sequel that that's coming yeah. out um is it going to be the next novel with the title do you know or is it like a gray man two or is it like three four like is that how they're gonna do it i, I I talked to the screenwriter who's doing it, Steve McFeely, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say. That's okay. I, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's still kind of in the early stage, but it was funny because they, when I was there at the at the premiere in L.A., I was going like, man, I hope they do another one. And like Reggae John Page kind of cocked his head. He goes, yeah, something's cooking. You don't know, you know. And, I, and yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, I've rumors, but you know, it. it it was nice for them to actually confirm that they will be doing the next one. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah. Great. And you're, yours got option right out of the gate. So like, was it 2009 that the gray man got its first option? Yeah. 2009, the book came out in September and I guess it was August. So it was like a month before the, the book came out and my book wasn't a, a massive hardcover release or by any means it was a, you know, mass market paperback release. Uh, it's my first book. Obviously I was thrilled to have that, but, um, you know, it wasn't like something everybody was talking about or anything like that. Um, so I was just thrilled to have that option because that was this thing that when you went to the little book uh, store where 12 people who don't even know you showed up because they're polite, you know, you can say, well, it's been optioned by Hollywood. That's right. a good thing. And that it's truly as far as I thought I'd ever get with it. And then at each, each stage, when every time something seemed like it was making it get closer to being a movie, I kept just sort of, you know, like, suppressing my hopes because it's like the minute I hope for it, it's going to fall apart. 
Yeah. And you know, that went on, that went on all the way until uh, Ryan Gosling was cast and it was greenlit and everything. I kept thinking it would fall apart just because I, I tuned myself. To uh-huh. feel that way. No, I remember talking to you about it after like it was announced and you know, all the trade stuff. And like, I think they were actually filming and you were still like, Hey, I'm not <laughs> like you, you were yeah. still skeptical about talking about it again because of a uh, past experience and just knowing how things can go off yeah. the rails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy and i'm like i'm i'm happy with what's happened already and and if if more comes then that's fantastic and i still feel that way if, if they don't make end up make, making a second one even though that you know they I guess yeah they i think it's on it, i think it's on track it looks like <laughs> on track yeah and then your experience it was a lot so it was over a decade and it got optioned right out of the gate and then did you buy it back at some point or did you just get it back because something expired and then get to do it again or how did that work yeah that's it exactly it uh we extend the first studio was new regency and you know had a great relationship with them and just never was able to get made and they'd extended you know they'd asked us to extend the option and we did and then uh it kind of came up again and and i got the rights back and immediately there was just a you know for the, the first time i was like you know in 2009 i was so excited that somebody was offering you know to, yeah. to option it and then in 2014, when it came back around, I was having all these conference calls, like, you know, all took place in a, about a week period, but like, you know, 2 PM, you're going to talk to this pr- producer at 8 PM, you're going to go on a conference call with the Russo brothers and, you know, like, and Sony and all these different things. And it was just this whirlwind of stuff that just came on and, and, uh, you know, and I went with the Russo brothers and Sony and then, uh, Sony ended up, I guess, selling to, to Netflix. Netflix, the project, uh, yeah. and the Russo brothers did it. So yeah, it was, it was a lengthy, a lengthy uh, journey. Yeah. It's interesting. The, uh, getting the rights back, like that's, um, like, I don't think I'll ever get the rights back to it. Um, especially now, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? but that's okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. We got, <laughs> you know, got something made with the exact person I wanted uh, to star and the exact director that I wanted and got to be a part of it. So I got to learn so much about that process and about screenwriting and met a lot of amazing people. So it was just a, a positive experience, uh, all the way around. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I can be more, more thrilled. Um, but yeah, you got to do the premiere. I saw you at the premiere in LA. Uh, so that yeah. was awesome. And, uh, yeah. they did a great great job with it i mean what uh, an awesome movie and uh what seeing yeah. it up there after all all that time um uh i mean what were you when you first sat down and, and saw it did you just screen it at home first or did you see it for the first time in the theater um i, I went to a screening in new york i was just up there for thriller fest and um netflix just arranged uh this little screening thing which i didn't even know was the deal but there was like a small theater in an office building and uh, I went in there with my wife and my agent, my editor, and some other people from my publishing house. And I guess there were like eight of us in there in this theater. And, you know, I think we signed a bunch of papers saying, you know, we wouldn't talk about <laughs> it or anything. And at that point, it was funny, some of the CGI hadn't been completed. Mm-hmm. So there would be scenes where suddenly everybody would kind of turn into uh, into animated characters uh-huh. for a second. And, uh, and um, no, it, it, I really, really liked it. I never... Envision well. First, I'd read the screenplay, and I'd read subsequent screenplays, yeah. um, so I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, shot for shot like the book. And, yeah. and I never expected it to be right. like that, anyhow. And I thought it was fifty percent, sixty percent of the book, and a lot of the other changes they made, I liked. And even in, there were even parts in the story when I watched it, I thought, oh, I don't know. I think my my idea or my like line there land would have landed better than what they used. But I was like. It didn't make me mad. It actually made me happy. I'm like, oh wow, I I, I see that I have some value to uh, you know to this process. Um, so I, you know, I I, I really love the movie. I don't think Ryan Gosling could have possibly been any better uh, in the character. He played the character exactly the way it was written. I thought the relationship between him and the and the little girl was done perfectly, and it would have been so easy to make that cheesy and mm-hmm. over the top or turn that into something that it wasn't in the book. In the book, it's about this kind of naive guy that's only trained for one thing that sort of has to care for this uh, young girl. And of course he does it very sort of awkwardly. And, um, and they, they captured that really well in the book. And uh, I, I thought they did a really good job. You know, it's just the, the complaints that I get, and I'm sure you, you see it too, is people are, they're like, wait, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's not British. This movie, this movie sucks. <laughs> I know. Because in the, it's like <laughs> the guy's British or, or, or one thing uh-huh. or another. And some of them are, are reasonable things. They're like, you know, for the future, future movies, 
they'll have to go down a slightly different path that, than the way that I built it. And I, I understand that, that criticism. I also understand the screenwriters, you know, they have to, they have to speak with a shorthand. So literally in the first 60 seconds of the movie, they sort of set up Cord's backstory, the hero's backstory and where he's going and all that other stuff. I didn't write it like that, A, because I didn't know it was going to be a series, and B, because as a writer, you you have a, you know, a novelist, you have time to sort of build out and flesh out this thing throughout the story. And um, so, you know, I, I understood the choices they made, and, uh, and I love the movie overall. Yeah, it's interesting. I tried to, as much as I could, prep ahead of time, like weave yeah. it into conversations or into a post on social or, or an interview like hey it's not it's not going to be exactly like the book so if that's your if that's your bar if that's what you yeah. if that's what you're if it if you're going to take the book and watch it and look back and forth and say nope that's different that's different that's different i hate this thing yeah. like if that's the bar yeah. then probably don't watch like maybe yeah. watch something else uh <laughs> I, had, I had that exact experience and, and i hope it's okay i say this but i had a conversation with a guy about terminal list I was at, uh, I was doing a signing like a week before my film came out and I'd already seen it. And, um, th this guy was like, yeah, I hope it's better than terminalist. I'm like, why? I, I, yeah, that's great. And he goes, well, it's not because in the book, the guy, uh, Reese takes a boat ride from I can't yeah. remember, the Azores to so-and-so. So and in the movie, he's going takes the other way. Somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I just looked at him. I was like, you might want to stay away yeah. <laughs> from, from the gray man movie because I know if that, if that is your, you know, like if that is your sort of bellwether mm -hmm. for whether or not a, a film is good. I, I just think, you know, we've seen all these movies. Mm -hmm. you, you've been, you and I have had conversations about, you know, the classic movies. We both sort of mm -hmm. grew up at a, yeah. at a great time for watching these types oh, yeah. of films. And, and we've read a lot of the books and they're, and they're not always the same. I would say the hunt for red October, that film is yeah. as close. I was going to say, that's exactly the example I was just going to use. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that there are that many more examples. Mm -hmm. um, Silence of the lambs was, was mm -hmm. pretty dang close. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, book. usually, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But usually there's, there's tons of changes and, yeah. and you know, it's art. So it's such yeah. a subjective. It's subjective. And, and, if you and I go and like look at our reviews right now, you'll see somebody very sure of themselves saying we suck, and the <laughs> next person very sure of themselves says we're brilliant. Yeah, and we're probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't let but, it get to you. You know, it's like some of those things. Uh, you know, some of them are personal because some of them get like excessively mean. You know, and I'm like, ah, you know, and yeah, what can you do? But uh, but I knew yeah. there was going to be changes going in, of course. And you know, the classic example I always like to to bring up is First Blood book versus First Blood movie. Very yeah, different. Big, big difference, both fantastic. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and and they're both still there. That's the. And mm, I, exactly. I, I had this conversation conversation with Lee Child once. He's like, he tells people, he's like, that book is still there on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unchanged. No one's changed it. I've had people, you know, send me who, who are big fans of the series, and I'm not mad at them, but they send me things saying, this has ruined um, the, the books for me now. And I think about that and I go like, wow, if I went to the Louvre and saw the Mona Lisa, not, not that I'm comparing myself to, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, but, but, but if I went to the Louvre and saw the Mona, Lisa, uh, the Mona Lisa and then I saw, you know, a 10th grader draw a painting of it, it wouldn't ruin the painting in the Louvre. I think right. it's just stupid. And when people say that, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't follow your logic. I know, um, but God, you know, I know. I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time in life with just that attitude in general. Um, and you don't want to say that, you know, to, to but, but it's true. Yeah. Like if you go through yeah. looking for the negative always, um, yeah. or just like, you can pull out the positives. Like you could do that yeah. same thing, like with the book, yours or mine, watch the shows and be like, Oh, look, I see that. That's a little different. Oh, interesting. I, you know, yeah. maybe whether you like it or not, but Hey, okay. Interesting. Wait, why did they do that? Or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's, and it's subjective. Um, yeah. but, uh, but it's going to be life in general, I think is going to be tough. If yeah. you just go to work every day, looking for a negative or right. in a relationship, looking for the negative or whatever else, it's just tough. You, you probably, you, you might've seen this too, but I've seen this a lot where people who are big fans of the book are like, well, I watched it with my girlfriend and she loved it because she hadn't read the books, but I was bugged by this or I was bugged by that. And it's like, well, what do you think the director's mission is? Is it to yeah. make an entertaining film or is it right. to replicate Mark Graney's book or, or Jack, exactly. Jack Carr's book? Exactly. It's, it's to make an entertaining film. And so, you know, when you, when you take away the fact 
you know, if, if you just watch the film fresh. And I've, yeah. a lot of people have said, you know, I've went back and saw it a second time, third time, looked at it just for, you know, the entertainment value of the film, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. so, you know, you don't get mad at people. It sounds like we're kind of kind of like yeah. dragging on people. It's, but, you know, you and I are passionate about things that we've read and things that we've seen and we liked it and we didn't. And yeah. um, it, it hits close to home when it's your own baby, I guess. But yeah. then, you know, I look at, you know, my wife said, you know, the, the movie and the book are not, identical twins they're cousins you know mm. they're, 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 oh, there's like similarities that. but yeah uh, there's similarities and and then there's and then there's things that are, are gonna you know be different nice nice allison tell her i'm gonna use that yeah. that's a great one that's i, I really know, like that yeah, yeah that's fantastic she should write you know she's got a she's got a future she yeah, yeah she's, she's there in my corner nice that's amazing yeah there's so i learned so much from that process and it even impacted this last book because we were in the process of screenwriting and filming as i was writing in the blood uh, and i learned a lot from the screenwriting side of the house and then from the storytelling side of the house visually from uh from the director from antoine and just seeing how they they did these what the actors brought and that impacted the last book and i find it is now impacting this book, sixth one that i'm writing right now as well and there's some things i like better i mean they're there i like what they did with the, my ben edwards character a cia guy um i yeah. really like what they what they did with that um, um, yeah. I, th I thought a lot of the changes were uh, built upon a foundation and made it better, much better for, for a visual uh, depiction. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like, um, you know, you, you, you see the dialogue that the other writers have chosen and you can kind of learn a little bit, you know, like you, you can kind of go like, wow, that I kind of liked that dialogue. And, and I was told by the screenwriters for, for gray man or Steve McFeely specifically that, a lot of the lines that I was mentioning to him that I thought were really good and better what I had in the book. He said that that was just Ryan on the day, you know, thinking Ryan Gosling, you know, just like thinking that that would be like a, a, a good thing to say or whatever. Nice. And so, and then you just think like, okay, how can I make my dialogue more authentic? And yeah. one way to make it more authentic is just to, just to be there on the day and say, what would he say? What was your character? Yeah. At this moment? And they bring different things to it. Like, like, there's a lot of things that changed because of what Chris or um, what Taylor or whoever brought to their role that then impacted yeah. things in episode four, five, and six, just because of what right. they're bringing to it that you can't really imagine as you're in an air-conditioned room uh, planning right. this thing out as you as yeah. a screenwrite. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a really interesting process, but we almost had an awkward moment, actually. Um, and here's Gray Man for everybody right here. Awesome. There's a new cover, uh, which I really love that it was a great cover i thought they did for the uh uh movie tie-in right, yeah, right there there it is nice yeah i think that's uh, that's awesome i love how that those colors work together right there but um we almost had an awkward moment and i forget if i talked about this on we did a series of podcasts on uh the terminal list uh where i sat down with the showrunner and my buddy mm -hmm. jared shaw who gave the book to chris and who stars as boozer in the show um where we talk about everything i'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast or off but uh, as we got to that final scene we really wanted to film uh on a on this uh it's supposed to be the pacific northwest but it was a lake close to la um we had to do some movie magic there but yeah. it was very expensive to move everybody even though it's the la area ish uh um, yeah. pick everything up move out there, find this place, rent this place, like do this crazy filming, you know, with other people around neighbors and all the rest of it. Um, and so we had to go over budget for that one, I think. But uh, the backup was the final scene in the gray man. Was that uh, it was uh, the Virginia house, uh, you know, at the end, that yeah, yeah, was what yeah. we were getting. That was the whole assault at the end of the terminal list. Uh, was going to be there. So we almost had two shows coming out, you know, within weeks of each hilarious. other with the exact that's, same uh, location. The real, the real location. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's funny. Isn't that great? I, I think people would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. That could have been kind of fun though. You could put screenshots <laughs> yeah. next to each other, uh, yeah, right, but right. it was almost right. the same. We ended up uh, filming in the place that we, that we wanted, uh, but, uh, but that was almost, <laughs> That was yeah. almost the, the same spot. So, uh, yeah. yeah, movie, I mean, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely Thanks. incredible. Thanks. You've been so busy. You've done that. You're traveling. Um, you had your uh, your latest Gray Man come out this year and Armored come out this year. Um, what's uh, for Armored? Did, did the audio drop first or was I just imagining that because I saw no. ads for it first or something? Yeah, no, I originally wrote Armored as an audio play. That's what I thought. Audible asked me to do a, an audio play which where they they hire actors it's not a guy reading a book right. to you 
it's uh, actors and sound effects and music. Yeah. So there's guns and there's trucks and airplanes and stuff that you hear. And they hire actual, you know, good quality actors, usually mostly stage actors, um, to to do it. So that came out last December. Yeah. But before it came out, I had my editor Tom Colgan read it, and he's like, "Well, you own, you own the intellectual property for this. We'd love to do it as novels, even though it's coming out in a different form, because in a novel you can go in other directions mm-hmm. with it and, and make it a bigger and broader story. So that's what I did." Um, that, that, that turned into armor, the novel. And, uh, you know, it, it was a cool experience. I'd been, I'd had that story in my head and partially on paper for over 10 years, Yeah, to have it, you know, ultimately come out as an audio play. And then six months later as, as a 150,000 word novel, uh, it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah just, I thought, I thought it was December. And then mm-hmm. I went back right before we jumped on and I jumped on Amazon to click at that date when you scroll down, you know, a little bit and I clicked on yeah. audio and it said July 5th and I'm like, Am yeah. I losing my mind? Like I know this yeah, came out in an, December. There, there, there's an audio, you know, like a regular audio narrator. Got it. Okay. So yeah. Got it. Okay. That was confusing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So how much, how many, like, so you take that script that you wrote for the audio and what did you do? Did you set it down next to your computer and then kind of look and start typing away to, to make the novel? How did, what was that like? Yeah, it's sort of like that. I, I imagined writing the novel was going to be so much easier because I had such the blueprint for the story. Uh-huh. And I guess it was, e- it was easier than just, you know, making it out of scratch. But at the same time, every step of the way, I was like, well, I can't do this the way I did it in the audio play because the audio play, it, it gives you a lot of opportunities um, that you don't have in a book uh-huh. because, you know, the, the emotions that the characters you can, you know, right. are, are really like, Oh, on display, yeah. but it also has some restrictions. Like it's kind of hard to set up a complicated scene. And you know how that is, is like, you know, I've got a scene where this guy has a sight line on this and, but this guy can't see him. And there's a third party, you know, overwatching that. that you can't pull that off in an audio play unless you've got somebody narrating it, which really kind of dumbs down the whole process. And um, so I, had to pretty much write it from scratch, although I knew the story and where it would go. Um, but I also added a bunch of things. There's a lot of backstory that's in the novel. Mm. You can't do really backstory in an audio play. I mean, you can do right. flashbacks, but it, you, you really have to distinguish yeah. that. And um, so there's a whole, there's a husband and wife in Armored. Um, this guy, Josh Duffy, who's a military contractor, and his wife, Nicole, or he's a private military contractor. His wife, Nicole, was, is a former Apache pilot, captain, army captain. Um, and, uh, and, and in the book, you're able to sort of go back and see how they met and they met in a very dramatic fashion as, as people do in thrillers. And, um, and it was cool to, you know, go back for 50 pages and, and show them in the Middle East and Syria and, and their meeting and, um, you know, things you couldn't do in the audio yeah. play. So it was fun to flesh out this story that you spend so much time with. And it ended up being a lot more work than you anticipated or, uh, yes. yeah, <laughs> Every, it's like always more work than I anticipated. Yeah, Everything's yeah. more work. And each, each year, uh, to generate the same number of words is, is harder and harder. And you generate so, a lot of words. Uh, yeah. my closest one to be when I put them on the shelf, like next to each other, uh, the devil's hand is, uh, is my longest and it looks similar yeah. to, to yours, but you have, yeah. you know, more of a Tom Clancy esque, uh, uh, you know, uh, number of pages, number of words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a lot of work. I mean, you're doing, it, so you, so you did this and you're a gray man and you had the show come out and you're of your next book. Like that's crazy town. Yeah. This has been a really tough year because I mean, I, you know, it was, I've known for a while that this year was going to be tough. And, and so when I started writing the 12th gray man book at the beginning of the year, I was like, all right, you really need to knock this out by May because by June, things are going to be insane. But I had a book that came out in February. I had some uh, location research that I did in March. And then um, June was uh, Thriller Fest and I was up there for the full thing because mm-hmm. I taught a class up there and, uh, and I emceed the banquet. And I, it was like the whole thing, I was busy. And so there were all these things and I didn't get this book turn, burner. The first draft of the book turned in until August 5th. And, um, you know, I wanted to have it in, you know, by June at the latest. And then instantly after I, I finished, uh, turned the book in, I got on a plane with my wife and I went and did more location research for the book that I just turned in. Because as I was writing 
you know, sort of near the end, I was like, God, I have to go to these places yeah. in, in Switzerland and Italy, places I'd sort of been before, but mm-hmm. not with an eye for what, what I needed yeah. for this book. So, you know, I just went and did a research trip and I'm incorporating all that into the, into the um, next round of, you know, into the second draft uh, of edits right now. And that's where I am now. So this, this book is, I've been working on it for eight months already. And, you know, usually a gray man book is done in about six. Okay. I need to get on that schedule. I'm taking notes as we talk. A lot of these questions I'm asking, yes, for the podcast, but also for uh, my, my personal uh, schedule and professional development. Um, but I think, it, I think it's kind of, it worked out well on Savage Sun um, to go to Kamchatka, Russia, uh, right as it, as it was already done, essentially, for the most yeah, part, and yeah. then go back and incorporate everything that I learned from that trip. And for whatever reason, it worked really well that way, maybe because you don't have the stress of worrying about it being quote unquote done. Um, yeah. now it's more refinement and, uh, adding to it. Uh, so, so that, that worked out really well on that one. And then COVID yeah. hit for the, for the next one, there was no, there was no travel, but, yeah. um, uh, man, yeah, there on the, on armored. So, is there, so when you're doing, you're thinking about a second one, maybe, and are you thinking, is there a second, uh, audio play type version and novel slash audio book, or what does that look like? Um, I'm, I'm not going to write another audio script for armored. I might do another one down the road. Cause I like to do it. I like how it, it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I spent so much time sort of learning how to do it. And I, I feel like, you know, that's a skill set that yeah. I need to exercise here and there, but there will be a, a, a second armored. And, um, I should have already started on it. I was, I was jotted down a bunch of ideas, but I haven't yeah. begun. Um, I'm not exactly sure when it will come out. We'll edit but, that out for Tom Colgan. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. He'll tell me what he'll tell me when it's coming out <laughs> and then I'll, and I will, uh, manufacture the book. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that there will be a, there will be a second armor. Yeah. And then when you're thinking about your schedule then now, uh, so now it'd be two separate series. Um, how in your mind are you segmenting the, your year essentially then when you're looking at two, uh, separate series. Well, it's, it's, I can't keep doing two books a year. And I've said that for years. You said that but, for the um, last over a decade. And for people, yeah, that, that's that, yeah for people that don't know, you were doing gray man series and you were doing Tom Clancy series at the, at yeah. the I mean, and those are thick books. Like we talked about, like you're, you're this, these are serious. Yeah. yeah. Some of those Clancy books for 200,000 and the gray man are one fifty to one sixty five or so thousand. Yeah. For those listening, that's like two books in one. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and that's a self-inflicted wound, as I always say. It's like no one ever, I mean, Clancy obviously are going to be a big, big novels, yeah. but Gray Man is just sort of expanded on, on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really feel like I want to do a Gray Man book and then another project, mm-hmm. you know, when I can, right. instead of like, I've got to have it done by December so it can come out on this day next year. Right. Um, you know, I've written 20, uh, Burner's my will be my twenty third novel, wow. and it this is this was the toughest one to write, and I said that last year because last year was the toughest one to write, and yeah. um, you know it, it it just is harder and harder to find things you haven't done. Now I do so much more writing that I end up throwing away. Um, oh, it's incredible. And in, in in the olden days, I, if I wrote it, it was going to end up in a book. Yeah. But now I'll write entire chapters or multiple chapters or entire you know full plot lines. And I'll just be like, ah, it's starting to sound like something else that I've done, or it just seems a little derivative and I don't want to go down that route. So it's like, okay, come up with something fresh. So, um, you know, for, yeah, for all the writing that I do, I end up (laughs) pulling out a ton of it and I keep it all, everything I pulled Mm. out in the hopes that I can retool it or use it somewhere down the road. But, um, yeah, it's, it's harder to do. And I, and I do say that every year, but every year it's harder to do. And this year was, this was a, year with with the movie coming out with the book released in february and another one in july and just family stuff we had a yeah. couple of family trips to go on and everything um this was a and in location research trips uh, this was a this was a very diff- difficult year yeah i mean and you got married over the last two years in there yeah. too so yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have a lot of a lot of things to to juggle um man that is wild you know i, I can see that happening i mean 20 plus novels is a lot of material yeah. uh, and, I, yeah. and I'm only on six but on this sixth one for the first time yesterday the day before I was started to write a uh, a chapter and I was like I swore that I 
that I was making this up for the first time and that it was just maybe an idea I had in the last book. And then I stopped and thought about it and I really had to think about it. And then I went back and looked and sure enough, I'd used it in the last, uh, in the last one. I'm like, no way. Like things are starting this uh, conflation that we used in the terminal list series on TV. It's starting to happen to me in real life, this conflation between novels or things that I, uh, that I want to incorporate and have incorporated, but just think that maybe I haven't yet. So I can see how that is a, uh, can become a real issue, especially over 20 novels. That's a lot of Yeah. Time. Yeah. Just, just like you said, there's a lot of things that you sort of come up with and don't end up writing, but go like, yeah, this. And then, so when you start to write them later, you're going, all right, is, have I done this or have I or <laughs> yep. not done this? Or, uh, you know, I, I did, I spend a lot of times there's a, there's a recurring character or a, a guy that's just coming back in the second book a villain in, in my new book burner. And he was in another book I wrote called agent in place. Mm. And I was like, all right, what do I remember about this guy? And I remembered some big, big aspects of the, the character, but I didn't remember enough. And I'm like, all right, I, this, I've got, I'm putting the same guy in a new book. I have to go back and read this to see who he was and how he talked and, mm-hmm. and you know, like what his, yeah, this is kind of what his vibe was. Yeah. And it's, it, that's not something that's just automatically in your memory banks for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. once you leave a book and go on to the next one, you leave a lot of that stuff behind and, yeah. uh, and, and it's hard to, to reach back and grab it. It is even with uh, recurring characters. Um, do you have a Bible yet? I've heard authors talk about having a, a Bible with all their characters so you can flip through a, like a physical thing and you can, maybe it's a, well, also probably digital too, but uh, flip to a folder and be like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Court Gentry, obviously you probably know that one pretty well, but a couple other ones like, oh, what was the yeah. director of the CI? How did I spell her name or his name? Yeah. And go to that. And what was their background again? And where did they go to school? Like, do you have one of those? Uh, I don't no. yet, but I feel like I need yeah. one. I need one. Um, it's, it's a great idea. Uh, our friend, Brad Taylor, I, I know he, oh, he does he one. A, I think he's got a pretty, uh, defined, we were, we were doing a signing together and he's like, I'm sure Mark's the same way. I've got this blah, 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 blah. You know how it's all lined out so I can go here. It's like, all oh, wow. organized. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a good great idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I have is I have a, one PDF file that has all my books in it uh-huh. so you can do like a, a word search or a oh. name search or a location search and it'll show you in each that's book and that right that's actually path. been su- super helpful no it's been super helpful um because there, there, there'll be like a funny line or something yep. that i want to say and i'm like eh, there's no way i haven't used this in, in 13 books I, just, I didn't just you know creatively think of this and then you look at back and go hey uh-huh. i haven't used that that's fantastic it's also a great resource to have if um you get it email from somebody complaining because I had a, I had a lady, um, apologies if I said this in an earlier podcast, but I had a lady who said that I used the word tepid too much in my books and it drove her crazy. So I uh, emailed her back. I was like, unlucky for you. I have every book in one file and in 1.56 million words, I've used the word tepid six times. And that really doesn't seem like something you should Wow. You know, like bother the writer and to whine about it's like I, I literally used it a half a dozen times in 12 books wow now i'm gonna be looking for that now and everything yeah, I read, yeah, i'll be looking for it <laughs> i might use no, it probably, i'm gonna i'm gonna write it down. i'm gonna you put it in my next book somewhere just for for you yeah. i'm gonna write it in there <laughs> yeah because i'm afraid to use it now because i'm gonna get half <laughs> exactly but that's i'm gonna write that, that the pdf of all the books that is genius i'm yeah. i'm uh doing that as soon as we're as soon as we're off this podcast yeah um, you'll need it if you need it at six books, believe me, you'll need it at six feet. Oh. And when you hit, tw- when you hit 20 bucks, it's going to be uh, a really nice resource. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You've written so, so much over a you know fairly short amount of time. Cause you've been yeah. doing do two books a year for, for so, so long, so many different, different projects, but someone reached out, um, on an email and what did they, it was like right after the first, I think it was before the second book came out or maybe right after the second book and they offered to do it. It was like their service. And I've like gone through uh, over the last year trying to find that email and now there's oh, a wow. lot and I can't find it. Uh, but someone offered it like, that's their business or so I don't know if it's their yeah. business or it's just something that they, they have done yeah. for a couple authors. I can't really remember. Um, yeah, yeah. but I remember thinking it's a great idea, but really not having the, the resources or time to really do it then. Um, but yeah. now I was like, I need to find that person and really look, cause I'd love to have a binder, physical binder. Yeah. Um, right now I have two computers. So I have one computer that is, I only write 
on so it doesn't have anything else going on with that nothing mm -hmm. else clutters it except for what's going on with this book so i find that very very helpful but i think mm -hmm. it would be helpful for me to have a physical binder of, of all yeah. these things as well and so. and and you you do you have these fans that are so focused on the material that they i i don't want to say they know it better than you do but i mean they know some of it better yep. than, than than you might and uh you know, which is the coolest thing in the world yeah. to, to have created something that, that people, you know, take to like that. But, um, yeah, those, that would be, the, they'd be better at doing it than I would, because I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> know what was important in the series. Yeah, no, good point. I, I distinctly remember, uh, a few times when people have reached out with things like that, where you realize you have this moment where you think, wow, this person knows this storyline, uh, almost better than, than I do. Like I'd have to think back on yeah. it a little bit, yeah. but they've got it. And that's a really cool yeah. thing. And that's a really special, yeah. special thing as an author, I think to have someone uh, that, that's so into your work that they know it uh, backwards and front. It's really, really a cool, yeah. special thing. Um, yeah. Routine. And I know I've messed up your routine for the day. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking time <laughs> yeah, to do yeah. this. Um, but I'm trying to figure out also my routine going forward. Now I have this podcast studio. We moved last year was chaos with, uh, with, with the move and everything else and all these other things yeah. going on. Um, so now this is the year to get, get organized. Um, yeah. do you have a schedule a, like a routine for the morning where you go from like seven to noon and you're out in that, I know you have that out pool house area, um, where you mm -hmm. go and write, yeah. um, is, is there, is there a schedule that you try to stick to or that you do stick to regardless or what's that, what's that, what's your routine? Yeah, I, I, I do. It's, it's more sober time as, as things change. As you said, I got married and I have three step kids now. Um, so now there's carpool schools just started back up, but my wife and I both came back from, uh, Zurich with COVID. So, uh, oh, we both have, we both have COVID right now. So the kids aren't with us. We're sequestered, um, okay. which, which I, you know, I haven't had to drive carpool today, but, um, usually I, I used to start like at five or five thirty every morning. And now, um, there's just other things that have to be done and we have four dogs. Um, so I probably really start about seven. And I write in one, you know, block as long as I can. And it ends up being till noon or something like, just like you said. Yeah. And that's usually all the writing I do, unless I'm close to deadlines, which I have been close to deadlines yeah. for the past month. The The day I was in LA for the, the premiere and, you know, obviously we had to get there early and do interviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was, I started working in the hotel lobby at seven o'clock that morning and I, I took some breaks for some things that I had to do, but it was like 3 p.m. where I went in to, you know, take a shower and get ready to, to leave at 4.45. And, uh, and I knew it was going to be like that. I, I knew I was going to be on deadline when the movie came out. And uh, everybody thinks you're just walking around taking a victory lap, but in the back of your head going like, I did not get my 2,500 words today. I've yeah. got to, uh, oh, you, you know, 2,500 a day is a, is a goal. It, it, yeah, it is. As, as I got later into the, the series, I always have it in my head how many words a book is going to be. You uh -huh. know, like I've, I don't map the books out that well. You know, I just sort of like say, well, this it, it, it just sort of a couple page overview of what's going to happen. Mm. And somehow I tell myself that I know how many words that is. I'm always way wrong. So I'm like, this one's this one's only going to be 135. Well, I'm on page, and I'm at 135,000 words in, and I've got another 25,000 words to go. Yeah. So, um, so I end up having to do a bunch of words. I had I had a few 6,000 word days in this book. Those and, are tough. Um, I've done they, a one or two are, of those. They, yeah, those are really tough. And then you go back the next day. You spend the um, the next morning. Recovering. First thing. I, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I'll I'll just yeah, hang over what I wrote. Yeah, and just try and you know. See, see what makes sense out of out of out of that big long writing se session. But yeah, I like to write sort of as early as I can, as long as I can, and then you just there's so much other stuff to, yeah. you know to do now with with the the media and publicity and and all that. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, do do that in the afternoons when I can. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to flip my flip my day. I think flip the schedule. And, yeah. uh, and get up and just start, start going. But I think same thing. I have carpool as well. So I got to get that. Uh, I have that, yeah. uh, you know, break in there that's mandatory, yeah. uh, and then yeah. come back to it. But I think I need to flip the day instead of writing late. Cause that's when I have, uh, it's the most peaceful around here. Right. Um, right. and, uh, but that's super late and then you're just up and I'm a zombie and it's chaos. So yeah. I think I need to, to flip it, but you need to write twice as many words as most other authors. Cause most people yeah. will say, yeah, a thousand words a day. And you know, you this long, yeah. you've got a 
a book, that sort of a thing. But you've got to double that. So 2,500 words a day for your books, that uh, that yeah. seems to make sense math-wise anyway. Yeah, I, 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 and it's only because early in the six months process of writing the book, I'm not hitting a, a thousand words a day. I'm, I'm writing a little bit less. Yeah. So, but actually, you know, as, as you get later in the book and the story is more gelled and the characters are more obvious to you, mm-hmm. um, then it's sort of easier to write, you know, yeah. go, go a little bit longer and, uh, right. you know, you've done your research and all that sort of stuff. So, so, you know, it's, it's basically just, typing the story out at that point, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And you went to a few different places on this last trip that you just returned from, right? You were zipping around out there. Where'd you, where'd you guys go? Uh, I went to Zurich. So these are all locations in the book, Zurich and Milan, Italy, Zurich, Switzerland, Milan, Italy. And then I went to Geneva, Switzerland. The book doesn't take place in Geneva, but I had pretty much the biggest, most involved action scene out of any of my books ever. Um, It's on a, four-hour train between uh, Milan, Italy, and Geneva, Switzerland, and it goes through this place called the Simplon Tunnel, which is a 20-kilometer long tunnel under the Alps, and uh, and I I just sort of realized in early July or mid-July, it's like, okay, I'm I'm writing this big, long action scene. It's a 100-page action scene, basically. Uh, It's probably 20% of the book, almost, and um, and, and I was like, okay, I I can't, I'm, I'm seeing different things online. People, you know, saying this is the way the train looks or this mm. is this is how this train works it's like i literally have to go there yeah and and do this route myself and spend the four hours walking around taking pictures and, yeah. and you know learning how the emergency handle works on to you know to open right. the door and uh seeing where the electrical you know junction is uh on the on because it's an electric train and wow. all these different things so it was very very helpful i really went for that one reason but um, there's a lot of location research in Zurich and Milan yeah. that, that that I was able to do while I was there. So it, it was really invaluable. And uh, and we had fun. My wife came with me. Usually on a research trip, I go by myself. But it was a lot of fun to have her uh, with me come along on that. And uh, we had a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, COVID obviously couldn't travel. This last one, COVID was still going on. Yeah. I couldn't get to Israel because yeah. they were like really strict about things. They kept changing yeah. everything at the the last yeah. second. So um, yeah. first it was open for like a day, and then it was only Israeli citizens. Yeah. And then you know it was, it was all this it was just hard. Um, so I didn't yeah. make it over there, but I did a ton yeah. of research, and then I sent the book over there to a family. And three generations of, uh, of this family read it in Israel and they all wrote back and said that they couldn't believe I hadn't been there. So that really made yeah, me feel, sure. that made me feel a lot better about it. Cause it was such an important yeah. part of the, of this last novel, but I will right. get there eventually. And I need to write Israel back into a novel just so I can go there as there's a, so there's yeah. an official excuse yeah. to get over there. Yeah. Back in 2016, I was writing this book, gunmetal gray. And I, I like scuba diving and I wanted to go scuba diving in Thailand. I've, I've always been fascinated with Vietnam my entire life. And, uh, and I wanted to go to Vietnam. And so I had this whole trip planned out and scuba diving in, in Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And then I had to have ankle surgery, like, you know, a few weeks before oh, I was going to go. So I wrote, I wrote that entire book on my couch and, um, and I, the book turned out really well. I've been to Asia before. Mm-hmm. So I was just sort of like, you know how you just kind of like take one location and say, all right, well, that's going to be this location mm-hmm. and you know, do the best you can. Uh, always better when you can go, but you know, if, if you can't, you just tell yourself you've got to work hard and, you and sell and sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Follett, you know, like Ken, there, there's, I, I don't know if it's Ken Follett, but there's some authors that, you know, like Ken Follett hadn't been to Afghanistan and he wrote mm-hmm. lie down with lions, which is one of the best books mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And uh, you know, so there it's, you can do it if you do yeah. the work. Yeah, you can definitely do it, especially today, a little easier maybe than in yeah. the past. There's so many more resources sure. available to, mm-hmm. to authors mm-hmm. today doing research. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've got to get to Vietnam. Like all these different places that I've wanted to go my whole life are definitely on my list as a, uh, uh, to incorporate into to future novels, uh, yeah. no, no doubt about it. And then Rip Rawlings, man, is he still in Ukraine? What is he doing? So you did, so you've got the Gray Man series, you have Armored, you did Tom Clancy stuff. Awesome, I always get your books, by the way. I get them from Poison Pen so I can get them signed every time. Got to support my friends, support the support the cause. Um, but uh, man, you guys did Red Metal. Um, and I think there's another, is there another one you guys are working on or something? Yeah, yeah, there, there will be a, a sequel to it. And COVID really slowed things down. And then, um, and then the war in uh, Ukraine, you know, kicked off with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and Rip, uh, my co-author there, former uh, uh, Marine Lieutenant yeah. Colonel, uh, he was active duty when we wrote Red Metal. He's retired now. 
he and his wife went over there. She's a surgeon. And so she went over there to, to help. And he initially went over as a journalist um, just to sort of report on it. And he got into Ukraine. And uh, he, I don't think he told me this in confidence. He said, he said he was just over there and it was just so, you know, it, it, it was just so bad that he couldn't, he said he couldn't just sit here and talk about it. So he started a foundation where he's actually supporting a battalion of um, foreign troops that are in the East uh, in combat. And uh, he started this uh, foundation called Ripley's Heroes and he, um, I've donated to it. And, you know, the money I donated went to buy communications equipment for this battalion and they're buying optics. And uh, I saw they just bought a truck for these people and um, they're doing a lot of really good on the ground stuff there that's that's positively you know impacting things and uh i think it's amazing and uh, you know we're not working on red metal too now because because this is going on huh. but uh we'll, we'll get back to that and uh and i couldn't be more proud uh of rip and everything he's doing yeah i mean he has a website i know uh but he talks on uh about what's going on on twitter i think more than more than anywhere else has updates yeah. he essentially became a war correspondent um yeah. after he he went over there so people can just put rip yeah. rawlings in there on twitter and and find him and link to, to all his stuff from there yeah. and is he still over there has he come back for any breaks or is he just uh, he, he's come he's come back a bunch and then gone back okay. um, i don't know i i don't i i'm actually he came to memphis uh, a few weeks ago out of the memphis uh, he, he came to my house a, a few weeks ago and i saw him for one day um but I think he had plans to to head back east at wow. some point, and he, he, some some of the time I think he's been in Poland, yeah. like organizing things. But I know he's been in bomb shelters, and you know he's he's been there with wrecked out tanks and all that stuff. So he's he's definitely gotten in the thick of it, which is scary because he's a good friend. Um, he's got a great family, amazing kids. Um, but he also, you know, this is what he lived his life preparing for and uh you know among other things and he spent a lot of time downrange in afghanistan and iraq and uh this is a you know super important to him and i'm super proud of him and yeah, amazing um yeah, yeah people can check out on twitter and get the essentially daily daily updates um yeah. uh from what's going on over there through his his experience um yeah. and uh, have you been to that tactical response lately no, I haven't. I've just been so busy this year yeah. with shooting. It's just funny. I uh, um, I was on the plane and uh, just made this big to-do list of everything I need to do before the end of the year. Everything that's not writing, because that's pretty yeah. much all I've done all year, writing and publicity. And the list was, um, you know, I need, to, I need to get my Generation 3 clock 19 <laughs> set up for an optic, um, just like my SIG has. Nice. And I need to get, uh, you know, like the new stock put on my 6.5 cream more so i had like <laughs> literally every and as it, as it came down it's like virtually all of my guns need something, something. Done to them. <laughs> and, and it was like my to-do list turned just into this like armory of stuff and every, every one of my guns has got some kind of screw up that i needed to, to, to get fixed and then i'm going to do some more shooting i have a buddy um here close to me who uh is a trains so train swat and um He's in uh, Mississippi, and they have a shoot house there, and he nice. runs the whole thing. and uh, And I go over, I go out there and shoot with him some, and he's always asking me to come down to Holly Springs, and nice. I need to do that a lot more because he's such a great resource and, and a lot of fun. So yeah. I have a, I have a great opportunity if I can just get a half a day away here yeah. over there. I hear we have very similar lists, I think, because uh, I have that yeah. similar list working. But there's so many other things going on. You got to prioritize, obviously, and yeah. you know, kind of hit deadlines or get close ish to them uh but uh but yeah i think we have a very similar list as far as things that need to need to happen um yeah. and yeah you've turned out a tactical response james yeager out there uh sending thoughts yeah. and prayers his way he's dealing with some health Absolutely. issues and i know you've been on the range Absolutely. with him before so yeah um, love that man yeah about him every day and uh tough tough but people can yeah. Uh, yeah check out tactical response and uh and send some prayers his way he says not yeah. to do that but i you know do it anyway you know? yeah yeah no, he's, he's great and he's a great human being he's made the world a safer place you know it's like i don't know what else you can ask for in life it's, it's yeah. really good yeah good good human being right there yeah. um and before i let you go uh publishing trends you've been doing this uh 2009 you know obviously working on the first book before that mm -hmm. um and so over that time period what's uh 
What are things that you've noticed publishing-wise, different trends in publishing, changes in publishing um, with audio, with ebook, with hardcover? Obviously, uh, with what you did with Armored uh, is amazing and different. Um, things getting adapted now, not just to movies, obviously streaming services and series and all that sort of a thing. Um, when you look back at that over over a decade now that you've spent in, in publishing, um, does anything stand out to you? Uh, as uh, uh, as a bit as a, a large change or a surprise or uh, yeah. pleasant surprise, unpleasant surprise. Like, what do you when you look back at that time frame? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, as far as pleasant surprises, I I think people love stories, and um, not that I'm surprised people love stories, but you know, there's so many other things that that are vying for people's attention. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's COVID. I, I t- that was my first cough the whole time. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> Oh, man. How do you feel, by the way? Like, is it, do you feel? I, no, I, I, I'm okay. I mean, it's, it's like a bad allergy. Um, but, um, but yeah, th- that, uh, you know, people respond to stories, as you said, like the streaming services, and there's, there's a lot more opportunity for, for stories than there mm-hmm. were before. Um, that said, there's more people doing it. I mean, obviously, the main thing that's changed since I began yeah was really sort of Amazon publishing and, and print on demand and that sort of stuff, because I got my, I had my book deal in 2008 and that stuff didn't really come around in full force until maybe 2010 or 2011. Yeah. So I, I felt like I was a dinosaur in the industry, like a year and a half after yeah. I got published or whatever, because people would ask me for advice about self-publishing. And I'm like, well, I can't really give you advice. I could tell you, I probably would have done it, you know, with one of my mm-hmm. earlier books. Um, if, if it had been a viable thing, because I believed in the books, yeah. but now having a few years into it, I look back and none of those books were, were ready. Um, I, my agent said, you know, he read some of my stuff and he's like, this isn't ready. You're a very good writer, write something else. And then he read that and he's like, almost there, not quite write something else. And, you know, that's obviously infuriating. And anybody that says, you know, I've spent three or four years doing this and nothing's come of it. Um, you know, I know that's frustrating, but you know, a, a guy that has been at it as long as I am looks back at that and goes, those are the best years of your life. You know, that, you know, like you're developing and you don't even know it. You mm-hmm. feel like you're falling on your face, but you're not, you're, you're a better writer at the end of it. So, um, that kind of instant gratitude, uh, you know, gratification of, of self-publishing, I think has probably hurt some authors that, that, you know, could have been uh... you know, bigger or better. That's not to say that I think a self-published novel is is not as good mm-hmm. because I don't feel that way at all. In fact, I love some of the stuff that I haven't had published, and and you know if I went back and tweaked it, I, I think I could get it published. So there's there's obviously you know a lot of uh, self-pub authors that are doing great and have put out incredible quality, and and it's a different way to to do it. And um, if they can find a way to get that, um, you know to get the exposure that they need yeah. and, and and not have that take away from their writing time. I mean, I see some people that are just marketing themselves and yeah. um, or marketing their book. And I'm like, gosh, you know, nothing has sold more books for me more than writing another good book, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, there's, there's really nothing else. So um, I, that's a, a, it's a positive trend that people, that there is such an appetite for yeah. all these types of stories. Um, you know, and the negative side of it is I, I do think, you know, quality has been watered down. Um, it's still out there, but I bet you there's a lot of incredible writers who are self-published who just need someone to know about them. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it's so hard to, uh, you know, to, to jump out of that crowd and, right. and be seen. Um, and, you know, who, who knows what we're missing out, you know, some, right. some really great writing out there just because they're just in this slush of, of you know, tens of thousands of books. There's a guy putting out books called Gray Man and Amazon lets him do it. And I, I, he, I've read just a, like a little sample of it and there's, there's no way he's a native English speaker. Uh, if, if he is, then he probably should go back to about fourth grade or whatever and, and, wow. and take English again. No um, but it's, but it's, yeah, it's, Amazon doesn't care, you know, and, huh. and um, yeah. Cause he doesn't so have the, the out there. Is that's like, <laughs> but I guess I titles you're, you're not, what, can you not trademark a title or something? I forget. He doesn't the title. Use, I mean, he doesn't use my name. Um, yeah. and, I, and I, and I, I think his character is called the gray man or they're called gray man novels or something like that. But 
I haven't looked at it in a couple of years. People yeah. used to send it to me and said, that's not to even look at like, it. I bet there's yeah, sold like and, one, and, you know? Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing more attention to him now. Yeah. Than never exactly. We'll edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, there's only one gray man more. right here. Yeah. yeah. If, if you want to, if you want to read his book, then go for it. But, <laughs> Boom. Yeah. All these ones right here. That's pretty yeah. wild. That is interesting, yeah. man. Wild. So, uh, so this year, I mean, busy year, obviously. So now you're taking this breath, uh, for a second, maybe what you, as you're editing, uh, and as you're yeah. finishing these edits on, uh, on burner, which comes out in February, is that, yes. so come out in February. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, and the latest stuff is all out there right now with uh, uh, Armored out there. Sierra Six is out there. All the other books, all the 20 plus novels are all Ooh. out there. So if someone finds you today, they have a, you know, just a, a wealth of, uh, of books that they can dive into, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. when you're thinking about this next year and finishing these edits, uh, what's, what's this year look like then? Um, is the, the rip rolling stuff, depending on Ukraine and his, his yeah. schedule, uh, maybe some armor, another gray man, what else is in the works for you this year? Yeah. I mean, after I've finished gray man 12, the one I'm doing now, um, I will go into armored too, I think. And, uh, I'll work on that for a while and then I'll go on to uh, gray man 13 and then hopefully uh, Rip and I can get together and we can do the second red medal. The first red medal, we did so much uh, travel for it. Mm. I went to many countries and talked to lots and lots of people. And so we, you know, this, we need the same effort and the same commitment to the, to the next one. And uh, so it's just a timing thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do uh, two books next year and, um, and I'll get off that train. Um, I, I, I definitely <laughs> won't. I, I definitely won't, uh, you know, agree to, uh, to a schedule like that any longer. I've just done it long enough. And it's, um, you know, you just, you, you get terrified about, uh, the quality being watered down. People think it's like painting a fence. And, you know, if you, if you work more hours, you'll, you'll get more books and, and it's, you know, the, the not necessarily good books. So you really want to uh, keep it, keep it, uh, you know, keep quality high is more important than the quantity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Man. Amazing. Amazing. Well, congratulations on all of this armored right there available now. Sierra six right here is out there. I love this cover by the way. Very, oh, thank you. very cool. Oh, thanks. Um, all yeah. of them are, all of them are great, but that one really stood, stood out to me. Gray man, bam. You haven't seen it on Netflix. Check it out and read the books. Obviously. Uh, so cool. And you know, are you going to hit in BoucherCon and, and uh, thriller fest next year or, or what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be at BoucherCon in a in a few weeks, nice. and then uh, I'll go. I don't even know where it is next year, but I'll go. Um, I think San Diego. Uh, I saw, so I think so. I'm not. I can't make it this year, but I'll see yeah. you there in San Diego. I think it's San Diego Absolutely. next year, um, yeah. and then Thriller Fest. I'll be there next year in what late right. May, I think. Um, yeah, great. Next time around, so hopefully I'll see you at uh, at those. If I don't see you somewhere beforehand, um, yeah. man. When I look back right on our pre-COVID years, it was so awesome to be able to sit down with you at a couple book signings and have yeah. our little show on the road. It's always so much fun to, to be at those with you, and and uh, yeah, we always great. have a great time. So hopefully we get to do that at some point again as well. It's always yeah. a, always a blast. Yeah. Well, congratulations on you, to everything that's happened to you this year. You've had a you hit number one, which I. Was, was so inevitable, but you know, it's nice, nice that it did happen. Uh, everybody saw that coming. And, uh, and, and then the show, you know, you, you and I have spent two years talking about, yeah. you know, these projects that someday were going to come out. And, uh, you know, I, I, I joked, I'm like, there's going to be a point where that, my movie is on TV and I'm just going to flip right by it. And that point's already, that point has already happened. You know, I'm Amazing. like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And so, but it's, you know, it's a great, great oh, situation to be in. So cool. congratulations. To you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Amazing. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you uh, sooner rather than later, but uh, man, congratulations great. again. And thank you for all your support over the years and uh, sure. man, time for you to get back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you too, bud. Awesome. All right. Hey, take care. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Navy Federal Credit Union. I have been a member since 1996. There's my original card right there. I got that at Dam Neck, Virginia, when I was at Intelligence Specialist A School at the Navy and Marine Corps Intelligence Training Center uh, on Dam Neck, Virginia, right before I went to Bud. So it was boot camp. ISA school, buds, and then off to the races in the SEAL team. But the entire time, to include through today, I have been a member of Navy Federal Credit Union. And now they're sponsoring this podcast, which is amazing. Crazy how things come full circle like that. 
Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union lets you experience more. From everyday commutes to your next big vacation, the flagship credit card earns you three times the points on travel so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next. Plus, this premium travel card has a low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel, which means the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. Speaking of rewards, you can get a Navy Federal Auto Loan and reward yourself with a new car. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone. And it's so fast, you can get a a decision in seconds. Navy Federal Credit Union has great rates on auto loans. With their car buying service powered by TrueCar, you can shop, compare, and get upfront pricing on your next new or used car. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Nice. I like that. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD veterans, and their families. Flagship rates are variable and range between 10.74% and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. That's NavyFederal.org. I want to thank my friends at Black Rifle Coffee for sponsoring the Danger Close podcast. I've been a huge fan for the longest time. Drink Black Rifle Coffee every day. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you will notice that perhaps Chris Pratt is wearing a Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt, not unsimilar to this one, in the Amazon series adaptation of The Terminal list now you can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash danger close and use code danger close 20 at checkout for 20 percent off your purchase and your first coffee club order black rifle coffee america's coffee keep crushing it's time to get mountain tough make america tough again right there on the shirt You know when you go to the gym and you don't know what workouts do? I hate that. With Mountain Tough, they have created the most functional fitness programs ever designed, all delivered to your phone. Created by veteran Navy SEALs and Army Rangers, they make it convenient to go to the gym, do the prescribed workout, and get in the best shape of your life physically and mentally. As you know, if you've been following me for a while, I've been doing a lot more typing than I've been doing running or lifting or doing any functional type fitness. So... This is how I'm going to get back after it. Mountain Tough. Plus, they're awesome guys. Uh, I've met them down here. We did a little uh, podcast type interview together, and they are awesome. Solid crew. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And increase mental toughness, build muscle, improve endurance anytime, anywhere from any mobile device. Thousands of hours of testing on dedicated mountain hunters, first responders, and military personnel programs for everyone, those who hit the gym and heavy weights, those who like to work out at home with no gear at all. Guidance for beginner, intermediate, and elite athletes. The right nudge from the right person at the right time can change your destiny. And regardless of your age or circumstances, I am nudging you to start today as I know the Mountain Tough programs and Mountain Tough community will enable you to become the best version of yourself. Mountain Tough, that is M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H, is offering Danger Close listeners 20% off all their online training programs and apparel with the code DANGERCLOSE at mtntough.com. Welcome to the gear highlight portion of the Danger Close podcast. First, t-shirt that I'm wearing today. Look at that. Chuck Heavy. Whoop. How about that? Chuck Heavy right there. Uh, an organization was started in Charles H. Keating IV's memory. It's called the C4 Foundation. C4foundation.org. Go and check them out. Read his story. His Navy Cross citation is on that page as well. Uh, he was killed in Iraq, and this foundation was started in his honor to support SEALs and their families. So go check that out. Once again, C4 Foundation. Dot org. What else is going on? All right. Pretty excited about this. One of the first drops from Origins new hunting line. It's the Raptor camo pattern right here. Uh, and exclusive drop 
Bam. Cross Tomahawks available only at officialjackcar.com. Hit the link up there to shop to go to the merch. And there are two camo patterns. There is the Highland Raptor camo and the Woodland camo. And you can get them right there on the site. Once again, one of the first drops that Origin is doing with this new camo pattern is coming out on officialjackcar.com with the Cross Tomahawks right there. Once again, limited edition in time for elk season and the best part made in the USA. So thank you, Origin. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Jocko. Um, Awesome. Awesome. I'll be wearing it in the field this season. And what else do I have going on here? Glenn Eberly of Eberly Stock, of course. Man, what an awesome guy. Uh, Air Force veteran. And you can go check out the podcast that we did together. Just go to Danger Close Podcast and check that one out. He sent me a nice little care package here. So uh, Eberly Stock, you've seen me wearing these hats before, probably. Love their stuff. Glenn, thank you so much for the whiskey. Pendleton whiskey right here. And it was really cool. I opened this up. Very kind note uh, from Glenn. So thank you. But this is really cool. You can see that right here. Uh, pick that up right here. And it says each edition of director's reserve is adorned with an authentically leathersmith neck cuff by third generation saddle maker Randy severe, like his father and his father before him each year, Randy crafts the coveted Pendleton roundup trophy saddle. His philosophy is simple. Make the best saddle you can then make the next one better. I love that because that's what I think about when I'm doing anything in life, particularly the books. I want it to be the best book it can possibly be, but then I want the next one to be better. So very cool. So Glenn, thank you so much for sending this. It is sincerely appreciated. And thank you for everything else that you included in there as well. Look at that. This, I just opened this stuff. So the tag is still on, but I love what they're doing over there at Everly Stock. Very cool group of people over there. So thank you so much for sending this. And look at this. Bam, right here, this is the type of pack that Chris Pratt wore in episode five of The Terminal List. So this is really cool. Um, And you can go to my blog and check out a bunch of the different gear from the show. And included in that is this pack right here. So thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you, everybody at Everly Stock. And uh, yeah, you might have noticed Chris wearing a couple different Everly Stock packs in the show but this one right here is from episode five in our tribute to heat right there at the end and that gunfight at the end so and glenn also was thoughtful enough to send me this book right here i've been meaning to read this for the longest time so thank you for sending it and thank you for your kind note in here as well once again you can find glenn eberly on the podcast and that's it for today take care out there Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. To find out more about Mark Graney, go to his website, markgraneybooks.com, and you spell it G-R-E-A-N-E-Y, markgraneybooks.com. You can link to his social channels from there. You can follow me at Jack Carr USA on the social channels, officialjackcar.com. That is the email. You can sign up for the newsletter there, and you can also click shop for the merch. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to subscribe. Until the next time, take care out there. Be safe, stay strong, keep fighting. In case you missed it, on a recent episode of Danger Close, an Ironclad original, Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels. Mm. You know, oh, well, because I've been getting asked this a lot, like, well, are you left or are you right? Are you progressive or are you conservative? What are box you... do you fit in? Which exactly, box do you check? Completely. Are you an enemy or right, right. An How, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.